Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you. We do wonder. We wander out under the midnight canopy and we wonder why would anybody leave such a resplendent home and so glorious a throne and come to us, little old us, sinful, erring us. But he came. That's why this season is set ablaze. He came. Let the morning star be front and center as we put an end to this semester. Teach us. Not only inspire us, Holy Father, teach us and empower us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. This past Wednesday in San Francisco at, at a meeting of the American Geophysical Union, we saw for the first time, get a load of this, an incredibly detailed 360-degree picture of this planet at night. That's the key, at night. For the past two months, NASA has been stitching together the imagery and the pictures you're about to see reflect that creative work. These images were taken by the new Visible Infrared Imaging Radiometer Suite. That's a VIRS satellite. The resolution of this satellite is six times finer than any previous satellite. This satellite, the VIIRS, is able to desert not just city lights, but industrial sites, burning gas, ships at sea. And now we have a picture of this planet. It will turn completely. You're going to see your homeland. Take a look in a moment, see if you left the lights on. You're going to see the homeland. We might even see Berrien Springs without clouds, without clouds. They're going to use this now to, to watch the polar caps during the dark winters when there's no sun over those caps. It's going to be great for weather prediction. So let's, let's just run this little... Uh, these, this is not an animation. This is, these are actual pictures. We're starting off. There goes India. There comes Africa. You see a little town of Bethlehem. There it is, lighted up. There's Europe, of course. We're crossing the Atlantic now. This is the Earth. This is the way the Earth turns. This is the way sun is over on the other side. You see Bering Springs? We're right at the bottom of Lake Michigan. I tell you what, isn't that something? And there, there's Hawaii. If you could see a little more resolution, you'd see Hawaii coming up to the land of my birth, Japan. There's Korea lighted up and China, Australia, New Zealand, back to India. You know, it makes you wonder, was this the scene that the angels saw when they came to O Holy Night and tried to find Bethlehem in the dark? Was this what they saw? Minus the city lights, of course. Dark night rising as it rose 2,000 years ago. But where was the morning star? I don't see any morning star there. Is he there? Three references. Did you know this? Only three references in the entire scriptures to morning star. One of them last week, 2 Peter 2, 2 Peter 1, rather, verse 19. One today. And then the final one, you and I together. If you're around here, you didn't leave for the holiday, you come around here. We have Christmas breakfast in church the Sabbath before Christmas. So first service, we eat. Second service, a one-service annual Christmas celebration. You join us. That'll be number three reference. Let's go to number two, right here, the Apocalypse. The last two are both in the book of Revelation. Open your Bible, please, to Revelation chapter 2. You didn't bring a Bible. You have to track this one. This, this is an amazing package for the Morning Star in this particular rendition. So please, you got a Bible? We'll put it on the screen for you. 
Revelation chapter 2. Grab the Pew Bible. It'll be page 824 in the Pew Bible. I'm going to be in the New Revised Standard Version. This was my dad's Bible when he died, and it's just an honor for me to have it in the pulpit with me. This is the New Revised Standard Version. I like the rendition here, so that's why we're going with this. Revelation chapter 2, one line, verse 28. Revelation 2, 28. Here comes the second reference to the morning star. To the one who conquers... I will also give the morning star. Now, if you have a red-letter Bible, what color are the words here? Red. Who's speaking? Christ, the ascended one. All right. What's happening here? We know who the morning star is. We already heard Jesus say it last week. I am the bright and morning star. We know who the morning star is. But what is so unique about what you are about to read is the packaging for the offer of this morning star. Hold on to your pew. Turns out this is a letter. Jesus is sending the letter through elderly John, the last of the Mohegans, the last surviving apostle. He's incarcerated on that penal colony called Patmos in the Aegean Sea. He's given a vision. Jesus says, I'm, I'm sending seven letters. Follow the map, John. From Patmos, it'll go to Ephesus. That's the nearest city. And then follow the, the circuit-riding preacher. It'll go to all seven churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira. Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. This is the letter to Thyatira. Let's, let's, let's go up to the top of the letter, verse 18. Jesus speaking, red letters. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, tiny little city in Asia Minor. Little church inside the tiny little city. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, to the leader. I like to think it's the pastor. It might be the board of elders. It might be the, the spiritual leaders there. To the angel in the church of Thyatira, write, These are the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, verse 19. I know your love. I know your faith. I know your service. I know your patient endurance. I know that your last works are greater than the first. When they planted you, you're doing much better now than when your church was planted. But, uh-oh, verse 20, nevertheless, verse 20, I have this against you. You tolerate the woman Jezebel. Hit the pause button right there. There have been many babies born on this planet. There's not been one except this one, whose parents looked down to that cherubic face of the little girl and said, honey, let's name her Jezebel. <laughs> Nobody names a girl Jezebel. Why? She's a bad, she was a bad queen, evil queen, pagan to the core. And she married a saved boy, church member, king of Israel, Ahab. Probably heard of him too. But the moment I say Ahab, it makes the point I want you to get. If you are, if you are linked to someone and you're planning on getting married, girl, boy, you're planning on getting married, if that girl does not share your same faith and your same God and your same worldview, look out. I know I've watched a lot of marriages on this planet, and a lot of people say, hey, listen, I'm going to change him. Once we get married, I'm changing him. You won't change him. He'll change you. Did Ahab change Jezebel? No, she ruined him, destroyed him. You have a few months left. You better think this thing through very carefully. I know, I can think of her, I can think of them. Yeah, there are a few exceptions. But the vast majority who enter into a unity that is not united spiritually are in huge trouble. Stay away from that boy, girl. It's not too late. Now, how do we get into that? Oh, it's Jezebel. Yeah, right. Okay, verse 20. But I have this against you. Jesus, look at these. Are, 
I'm not, these are all Jesus' words. I have this against you, church. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet and is teaching and beguiling my servants. Oh, no. This has gone into the very leadership of that little congregation. My servants, my members. She's been teaching and beguiling my servants to practice fornication and to eat food sacrificed to idols. What in the world is going on here? Turns out, we better get it straight because it's the only way you'll ever see your morning star face to face. You got to get this straight. We need our study guide. Grab your study guide. Let's go. Pull your study guide out because this is a teaching that needs to go deep into our minds and hearts. You have a study guide? It's in your worship bulletin. Come on. Did you get one up here? You got them up here? Good. You go. All right, ushers, let's go. There are people here that don't have study guides. I can see it. Hold your hand up. If you didn't get a study guide, you're sitting here in the back, in the balcony, wherever. By the way, those of you who are watching on the television live streaming right now, we're delighted to have you this last Sabbath of the semester here at Andrews University. I want to put the website on our screen for you so that you can get the same study guide right there in the computer that you're watching us on. All right, you see the website on your screen now, www.pmchurch.tv. Go to our website. You're looking for the mini-series. Here's a, here's a semester that began with a dark night rising and now ends with a morning star rising. And in between, three angels and one warning. Here is this end to a semester. You're looking for the morning star rises, and you're looking for the second teaching, O Holy Night. If you missed last week's, go back. When you have some leisure, go back. Listen to that teaching very carefully. It sets up this one. O Holy Night, you see that one? Click on. You got the study guide. All right. You know the drill. Let's go. I want to I fill in the two main categories of, two of the three main categories of your study guide right now. So what we're going to discover in this short, punchy letter to Thyatira that ends with the promise, remember, it ends with the promise of the morning star, is that Jesus lays down two stipulations, count them, two stipulations for receiving the morning star. Jot it down. Stipulation number one. I'll put it on the screen for you. You must get over this. Whatever he's going to say, this is what he's saying. You've got to get over this. You just have to get over this. So that's stipulation number one. You must get over this. And then halfway down your study guide, you see it. Stipulation number two, you must hang on to this. Get over that, but hang on to this. Get over that, but hang on to this. We want to find out what are, what are those. It's how you can see your morning star one day face to face. All right, let's go. Stipulation number one, you must get over this. Get over what? Verse 20, let's read it again. Jesus speaking. Look at This isn't Dwight. This is Jesus. But I have this against you, church. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet and is teaching and beguiling my servants to practice fornication and to eat food offered to idols. Everyone knows what adultery means, don't we? Come on. You're having sexual relations with someone who doesn't belong to you, right? Huh? And if you're not married, nobody belongs to you, right? Right? So if you're having sexual relations with somebody now and she is not your wife or he is not your husband, you are committing adultery. In the seventh commandment, written with God's own finger in granite, never to be effaced, declares you shall not commit adultery. No. Now, the Greek word here is porneo. If you spelled it in English, it would be P-O-R-N. And the moment you hear those four letters, what word do you think of in English? Pornography. It comes from this word. 
Pornography, that means that whatever Jesus is talking about, this red-letter sin that he's warning of covers more than a partner of the opposite sex. It covers a partner of the same sex. And it covers no partner at all sex. Is this TMI? Is this too much information? No. I mean, I don't want you... You're having to face everybody. I'm not embarrassing you, am I? Yank on my coat if I'm going just a bit too far. Come on, guys. We live in a culture that has trashed sexual boundaries, has it not? Please. We live in a society that clamors for permission. Give us permission. Give us permissiveness. We live in a world that applauds those who flaunt the sexual boundaries incontrovertibly delineated by our Creator in Holy Scripture. Now, this part is not TMI. This is not too much information now. What I'm about to share with you. God is clear. Any sexual relationship outside of marriage between a man and a woman, God calls sin. Whether I am heterosexual or whether I am homosexual, it is a sin. And it is forbidden. Now the good news, in the midst of all this bad news, the good news is that God has promised to sustain me and empower me in the midst of my seeking to be faithful to Him. He says, I'll take care of you, boy. I'll take care of you, girl. If I am to live, listen, listen. If I am to live a life of sexual abstinence outside of marriage, like Jesus did, like Paul did, like John the Baptist did, like Elijah did, like Jeremiah did, like Anna did, like Mary Magdalene did when she got converted, like Martha did, a host of spiritual giants. If I'm to live a life of sexual abstinence outside of marriage, then clearly God will sustain me and empower me in that choice to remain true to Him. Apparently, it's not the end of the world if you can't have sex with somebody. TMI? Jesus here is not concerned only about sexual adultery. He's concerned about spiritual adultery. And spiritual adultery is when light and darkness go to bed together. That's adultery. Jesus' stepbrother, you know he had a stepbrother. His name was James. Not the brother of John, this is another James. This is the James that wrote the little epistle, James. He's Jesus' stepbrother. James and Jesus were thinking like this. Look at James. Just drop back. Keep your finger right here. We'll come back. But James chapter 4. I want you to see this. Just a few books back. Oh, this makes sense now. You've read these words in the past, perhaps, and you said, well, what, what's happening here? No, it makes sense now. James chapter 4. What page is this? Page 813. Page 813 in the uh, Pew Bible. James chapter 4, verse 4. Now, he's writing to Christians. He's writing to the church, and, and he, op he opens up in verse 4, adulterers. That's like some guest preacher coming to Pioneer, and his first words are, I want to talk to all of you adulterers who are here. Boy, I tell you, we'd run them out of town so fast and make your head swim. And yet that's what James is doing. Adulterers, verse 4, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. 
Verse 5, or do you suppose that it is for nothing that the Scripture says God yearns jealously for the Spirit that He has made to dwell in us? You know what James is describing here? He's saying, Dwight, if you're having a little tete-a-tete, you know what that is in French? Tete-a-tete. A small little affair. If you're having a small little affair with the world while you're professing loyalty with me, you, my man, you, boy, are committing adultery. You're committing adultery. Because we just talked about sexual adultery, and a lot of us say, whoo, I'm not in there. Whoo, thank you, thank you, thank you. Spiritual adultery. Spiritual adultery. You said, why, what are you talking about? As soon as we got into this, your conscience told you. You don't ask me. Just listen to your conscience. You just heard it. You just heard it. That's what I'm talking about. Sleeping with the world. When you say, I'm a child of God. Sleeping in darkness when you're a child of the light. It's called adultery. And did you notice the word, did you notice the word jealousy here? Jealousy? God yearns jealously. Hey, listen, I have listened to heartbroken wives. I have listened to heartbroken husbands sobbing over their spouse's infidelity with a jealous wrath that can only be described as righteous. I'm sitting there thinking, you have every reason, girl, to be furious now. Sir, she did you wrong. You ought to be angry. Righteous jealousy. God is that way. God's the same way. In fact, do you know that in the Ten Commandments and commandment number two, God with his own finger says, I want you to think of me as a jealous God. Watch this. You have to fill it in in your study guide. Commandment number two, God cries out, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Isn't that something? There's no way you can paper that over and say, well, he's just a little bit envious sometimes. No, he's jealous. You sleep with somebody else, he's jealous for you. Am I losing her? Am I losing that boy? Is he being drawn by the dark night? Shall I lose him? He's a wounded lover. Write this down, will you? So when Jesus, in his letter to his friends in Thyatira, warns about sexual immorality, he talks like a wounded lover who is heartbroken over the spiritual adultery. Write in that word. The spiritual adultery of those who try to have an affair with darkness while they declare themselves children of light. That's what's going on here. Go back to where, where your finger is, uh, Revelation 2. Let's read verse 20 again. Jesus is speaking. But I have this against you, church. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet and is teaching and beguiling my, my servants to practice fornication and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Now listen, we understand that this, this letter ends up with this glorious promise of the morning star, but what is this business about eating food offered to idols? Have you ever done that? Nope, neither have I. What's he talking about here? Now John, has, John had a friend. The friend is now dead. The friend was beheaded. John's the only one living. The friend was beheaded. His name was Paul. I want to take you to the words of the beheaded one. This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I want you to see this in your own Bible. It'll be on the screen, but I want you to read it in your own Bible. This is pretty heavy stuff. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So John is hearing Jesus, and he knows James, Paul, the whole witness of the New Testament is confirming what Jesus is teaching. This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's page 772 in the Pew Bible. Verse 18. 
Paul writing, consider the people of Israel. Hey, let's do, a little, let's do a little history lesson here. Are not those who eat the sacrifices partners in the altar? If you go to a temple and you eat the sacrifice in that temple, aren't you kind of like becoming a, a, a member of that religion? But of course. Now read verse 19. And what do I imply then, Paul goes on. What am I trying to say? That the food sacrifice to idols is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No. It's just a hunk of, it's just a hunk of rock. It's just a piece of wood. It's nothing. But, notice his point, verse 20, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, now listen up carefully, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be partners with demons. You can't drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You can't partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Or are we provoking the Lord to jealousy? There's that relational word again. Are we stronger than he? To put it crassly, what Paul is reminding us, what Jesus is saying to Thyatira is, you can't go to bed with both God and demons. You can't be sleeping with both, with both light and darkness. Can't, can't do it. It will not work. You will love the one and hate the other. You will hate the one and love the other. You can't have two masters. You can't have two mistresses either. I've been intrigued by how the Twilight Saga. Have you heard of the Twilight Saga? Yeah, good grief is right. This romance fantasy film series has swept teenage American girls by storm. Amazed. Come on, girls, keep listening. The, the fifth and final installment of these five movies was released just a few days ago. Broke all box office records. But the fact is, in America, they're breaking box office records right and left. You know why? Because we, we, the reality that we face in this country is disturbing enough that we just get lost. Just get lost. Every new movie is just breaking the previous records. The country's not where it once was. We all subliminally know it. But anyway, what, what, what is this uh, breaking, the, the, the breaking the Dawn, this Twilight Saga about? It's written by an American, it's actually based on four novels by the American author Stephanie Myers. And it's about teenage vampires. Hey, teenage werewolves, teenage zombies, mixed up with supernatural powers of darkness, and it's all a part of a great theme that apparently girls in particular are being attracted to. I wonder who they dedicated those productions to. Oh, forget the girls. Talk about the boys, do I? Okay, I will. Ever heard of Halo 4? Hmm? Halo 4, Assassin's Creed 3. Yeah, you don't watch little girly films. You sit, in front of the, you, you sit in front of the screen and blast every human being that comes into your sight to kingdom come, and you laugh as you do it. Hey, who do you suppose those video games were dedicated to? Who were they offered to? Do you, do you suppose the creator of uh, Twilight Saga and the creator of uh, those video games lifted them up to God and said, Almighty God, bless this, make this a great success in this nation. Do you suppose they were given to God? Who else would they be dedicated to? Hmm? If it's not dedicated to God, who would it be for? There's no third party, is there? Can you with impunity go to bed with a demon and not be affected and possessed by that demon? That's the question. I don't know who it's been offered to, but if you're dabbling, if you're sleeping with the light and the darkness, back and forth, back and forth, who knows who you're sleeping with? Jay-Z. 
Oh, come on, don't get into rap now. I'm not. <laughs> Lady Gaga. Oh, come on, Dwight, just a little bit now and then. Oh, really? How many demons do you want to sleep with per week? Come on, get real. Have we gone to bed with the devil? And by the way, not just entertainment. How about the demon of alcohol? Just a few nights ago, Pastor Michael and I spent part of a night praying over someone who was clearly in demonic clutches as a result of his alcohol consumption. We could see it. We could feel it. We knew. We knew the demon is here. And if it's not alcohol for you, demon of meth, the demon of marijuana, speed, who cares? They're all demons. You think God invented all this? Have we gone to bed with the devil? In his letter to Thyatira, Jesus lays down two stipulations for re receiving the morning star. Now you can finish stipulation number one. Jot it down, please. You must get over this. What are you talking about, Jesus? I'm talking about going to bed with a dark night. Get over this. You must get over this. Quit going to bed with a dark night. You don't have to sleep with him. You can be set free from him. Stipulation number two, you must hang on to this. Hang on to what? Oh, drop down now. Go back to uh, Revelation 2. Drop down to, what is this, verse 24. Still red letters. Jesus still speaking. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, verse 25, only hold fast to what you have until I come. Do you know what? I'm concerned for campuses like this one where we spend so much time trying to reach, trying to win lost children back, you know, the ones who have made the choice to sleep with a dark night. I am concerned that in the process we have forgotten to encourage the ones who stay, the ones who have chosen to remain loyal to Christ, who have chosen to reject the fallen culture of the dark night. Jesus is talking to you right now. He's saying, I'm proud of you. You, don't, you, haven't, you haven't subscribed and succumbed to that teaching. What's he saying? Read verse 24 again. He's talking to you. But to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, who wants to know? To you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, only hold fast to what you have until I come. What you've grown up with in your home, girl, boy, what you have come to love in your church, I'm asking you, Jesus is saying, I'm asking you to hang on to it. I'm asking you to hold fast to what I've given you. Hold on to it, what you've grown up with until I come. Don't let go. I know what they're doing around you. Hold on. Hold the line. Stand for me. Hold fast what you have until I come. That's what he's saying. You don't have to give in. And so I join Jesus with all the authority of Holy Scripture behind me. I join Jesus in affirming all of you who have chosen to be brave, to make the bold stand and choice not to sleep with the dark night, not to sleep with anybody for that matter. Good for you. Good for you. I affirm you. And you're holding fast to the faith and the truth that Christ has given you until He returns. Three angels, one warning. By the way, that's exactly how that third angel's Last warning ends. Look at this. Uh, Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God. And read that last line out loud with me. And hold fast 
to the faith of Jesus. Hold fast to the faith of Jesus. Hold fast to Jesus himself. That's it. Therein lies the secret to your continuing victory over every demon that threatens you. And if you've gone to bed, therein is your escape from that dark den. Verse 25, read it again. Only, Jesus speaking, only hold fast to what you have until I come. Verse 26, to everyone who conquers and continues to do my works to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Verse Drop down to 28. Even as I also received authority from my Father, and to the one who conquers, I will also give the morning star. Eugene Peterson, in his message rendition, puts it this way. I'll put it on the screen for you. Fill it in your study guide, please. Here's the reward, Jesus speaking. Here's the reward I have for every conqueror, everyone who keeps, right in the word, keeps at it. The Greek, the Greek verb here is continuous, continuous action. He keeps at it, refusing. Oh, I like that. Refusing to give up. Hey, listen, guys, nobody said following the morning star was going to be easy. I understand that. It cuts against the grain of your sexuality. It swims upstream against the raging currents of your addiction. Everybody understands that. Nobody said it was going to be easy, least of all Jesus himself. If any woman, if any man wants to come, on, come after me, let him take up the cross. Let him deny himself. Let her deny herself. Let them take up the cross and follow me. Christ knows that in this culture that is marinated in the kingdom of Satan, it's not going to be easy. You are swimming upstream big time. Just don't quit. Don't quit. Hold on. Hold fast to what I've given you until I come. Let me read it again, verse 26. To everyone who conquers and continues to do my works to the end, I will give authority over the nations to rule them with a rod of iron. Verse 27, as when clay pots are shattered, even as I also received authority from my Father. Here it is in verse 28. To the one who conquers, I will also give the morning star. Write it down, please. Stipulation number one, we just put it down. You must get over this, going to bed with a dark night. But here comes stipulation number two. You must hang on to this, going through life. Not to bed, going through life with a morning star. Write it down. In fact, I've, after we put the study guide together, Last night, late, I said, oh, man, there's another way to put this. And I'm going to put the other way on the screen right here. I, I think this might be easier. What Jesus is saying is quit sleeping with a dark night. That's number one. And number two, start conquering with a morning star. Just quit sleeping with a dark night. Get out of that bed and start conquering with me, the morning star. But how do I? Come on, how? Don't just, don't just admonish us. Ah, we find the link to, to the answer to that how question embedded right here. Two little clues that are going to take us to the most majestic, spectacular, detailed description of Christ's return in all the Holy Scripture. And let me just show you the, where, the, the two clues first. And you'll have to jot these clues down, I do believe. Clue number one is here in verse 18. These are the words of the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire. That's a clue. It's embedded here. Watch. There's only one other place in all of Scripture where these two clues appear together just as they do here. So number one, clue number one, eyes like a flame of fire. And here comes clue number two. It's in, what is it, verse 27. Rule with a rod. Was it rule with a rod of iron? There's only one other passage where these two clues are embedded. Let's go to it. And it's in the apocalypse. Beautiful. This is my favorite. There is no greater description of the second coming of Christ which has been our emphasis all this semester. There's no greater description of it than right here. We'll end with this. Revelation chapter 19. 
Verse 11. If you're a horse lover, you're going to be in horse heaven right now. Watch this. There's so many horses, you can't count them. Okay, let's go. Verse 11. Revelation 19, verse 11. Then I saw heaven open, and there was a white horse. We're not talking about a little Shetland pony here. We're talking huge stallion. There was a white horse, and its rider was called, is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Verse 12. His eyes are like a flame of fire. There's that embedded clue in the letter to Thyatira. Clue number one. His eyes are like a flame of fire. And on his head are many diadems, and he has a name inscribed that no one knows but himself. Verse 13, he's clothed with a robe, dipped down in blood, and then pulled back up. It's dripping in blood. White robe, dripping red. He's clothed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was made flesh. We know that name, don't we? Verse 14, Horse lovers, here it comes, and the armies of heaven, wearing fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. Can you imagine the scene? All of heaven filled with white horses. Unbelievable. The angels with Christ. Keep reading, verse 15. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule. Oh, here comes embedded clue number two. And he will rule with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. Verse 16. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name inscribed, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Last night at the Andrews Academy, Feast of Lights, the choir, the orchestra, everybody. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow, we know who this is. It's the morning star. This is the morning star. Jesus said, I'll give you me when I come back. I'll give you me when I come back. It's the morning star. He said, Dwight, but come on. I, I, I want some kind of answer here on how to quit sleeping with a dark night, how to start conquering with the morning star. Okay, let me show you that answer by way of an appeal. Because the moment you talk about sexual immorality, I know. It can open up a Pandora's box of guilt and past memories, right? One of the most powerful forces on earth is our own sexual drive. And Jesus' words today have touched on that sensitive area in all of our lives. The truth is, the demons of addiction of any sort, and I imagine most everybody here struggles with a private demon or two, and not all the demons of meth and alcohol and sex. The demon of pride is the biggest killer of all. Took the dark night down, killed him dead. Demon of pride, the demon of gossip, the demon of appetite, the demon of anger, short fuse, the demon of impatience. Come on, we have our demons. And we all know demons these demons of addiction are not so easily dismissed. We know that. I mean, it's kind of like Mark Twain. Remember Mark Twain? Mark Twain said, quit smoking. It's easy. I've done it a hundred times. That's us. A hundred times we beat that demon. Yeah, we know. Embedded here in this description of the morning star, the most detailed description of the second coming is one line. And here's the line that's going to set your heart free. Ah, oh, I'm so excited about this line. It's verse 13. In fact, jot it down in your study guide. The returning Christ. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. Right in the word blood. That white robe is lowered into the blood and dripping, uncoagulated. 
He wears it. His robe dipped in blood. That's the code language for Calvary. It's the code language for the cross and the king of the cross. Do you know that the cross, you know this, don't you? The cross was, not is, the cross was 2,000 years ago. The cross was the Waterloo of Satan and every demon on this planet. They only live here. This is their home. The cross was their Waterloo. Listen to this. Great controversy, that apocalyptic classic. Let's put it on the screen. Jot it down, please. I think you, you have to fill this one in. In the Savior's expiring cry, it is finished there on the cross. The death knell of Satan was rung. The great controversy, which had been so long in progress, was then decided. I want you to write that word decided down because then it's a reminder. It's already been determined. This war got won 2,000 years ago. It was then decided, and the final eradication of evil was made certain one day coming. Do you know what that means? The demon now that's playing havoc with my soul, with my mind, that demon has already been whipped. Colossians 2 says, At the cross Jesus made a public spectacle of principalities and rulers in high places. He made a spectacle of those demons. That demon that is harassing you, harassing you, harassing you, harassing you, is a defeated demon. He or she knows it. Never will they disclose that to you that they know it. They just keep pushing that button, pushing that button, pushing that button. Defeated. Wow. No wonder he comes riding the morning star with a robe dipped in blood. Oh, I love this light. I have this line scribbled on my Calvary page in my Bible. Would you fill that in, please? When Satan would fill your mind with despondency, gloom, and doubt, resist his, su resist his suggestions. Jot it down, will you, please? And the devil comes to you. Oh, here comes that addiction all over again. Here comes that urge. Here it comes. When he comes to you, tell him, look at the next line, tell him of the blood of Jesus that cleanses from all sin. Because the moment we get into this, oh, I remember, I remember, I remember. If his memories come back, you tell that demon, of course I remember, but the blood of Christ has cleansed me from all sin. And I belong to the morning star, not the dark night. Try somebody else. Tell him of the blood of Jesus that cleanses from all sin. You can't save yourself from the tempter's power, but he trembles and flees when the merits of that precious blood are urged. That's why every morning, you can join me if you wish, every morning, would you jot this down in your study guide, please? There's not a blank for it. Just jot this down. Every morning, go to Calvary. Every morning, go to the foot of the cross, Matthew 27, verses 24 through 54. Every morning, read the story of Calvary. And whatever demon that afflicts your soul will be put on notice today. I'm with a morning star whose robe is dipped in blood where he beats you. Satan defeated you 2,000 years ago. You can't fool me. You are beaten and the conqueror is my Lord. Every morning, read Calvary. You'll be fine. What happens when we pray Calvary? Jot this next one down. I love this. Prayer and faith. Prayer and faith place the weakest. And I wanted that word to be isolated because some of you are saying, Dwight, I'm just too weak. There's no, there's no way Jose I could do this. I just cannot do it. I'm too weak. I have no strength. You know how many times Mark, I have gone down. Ah, uh, write that word in. Prayer and faith place the weakest sinner 
on vantage ground where the hand of faith can grasp firmly the hand of the Savior, the morning star, in and through Christ we may come off more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Let me, say, let me hear you say hallelujah. Hallelujah. In and through Christ we may come off more than conquerors. To him who overcomes, I will give the morning star. To her who overcomes, I will give the morning star. How can you give yourself, Jesus? I'm giving myself at the second coming. I'm giving myself at the end to you. Wow. One more promise. I love this one. When we are in fellowship with God, you're praying with Him in the morning, you're at the foot of the cross, you're in fellowship with Him. When we are in fellowship with God, that unswerving purpose which preserved two young adults, Joseph and Daniel, who grew to be old men, which preserved Joseph and Daniel amidst the corruption of heathen courts, that unswerving purpose will make ours a life of unsullied, write it down, purity. You say, Dwight, I'm already ruined. You're not ruined. You come to the Lord Jesus, you, this is not TMI, you become a spiritual virgin again. Again. That's important for you to know. You come. Unsullied purity. Unsullied purity. But then look at the last line. Our robes of character will be spotless. In our life, the light of Christ will be undimmed. The bright and morning star will appear shining steadfastly above us in changeless, in changeless glory. Oh, I, want the, I want the morning star shining over me with changeless glory day and night. Don't you? Don't you? Oh, holy night, yep, but oh, holy day. There's no time when that morning star is not your deliverance and your victory. Oh, holy night. Oh, holy day because of the morning star. Amen. Amen. Take out your connect card, will you? It's sitting right there in your worship bulletin. I want to end with this, and then we're going to sing Oh, holy night together. You don't hear a congregation sing it very much. We're going to sing it together. We'll get Josh up here and he'll lead us. Visitors, we're delighted that you're worshiping with us today. There's, this is in your worship bulletin. By the way, if you didn't get a Connect card, we've got the friendly ushers here who can make, get that Connect card to you. If you'll take just a moment now, visitors and regulars, on the front of the card, the demographic information, you put down here what, what you want to share. Be helpful for us, whatever you put there. But when you turn the card over, this is called the next step side of the card because what's the point of hearing a teaching like this? The red letter words of Jesus and then not, not acting on it. Let's act on it. Today, three options. Three options. Box number one, my next step today. Here's a step you can take. I choose to stop sleeping with the dark night. I want you to take that box seriously right now. I want you to take seriously that opportunity right now. I choose by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to stop sleeping with a dark night. I don't have to go to bed with him. I don't have to go to bed with her. I choose. If your heart has been burdened and you want that freedom, just put, put, put a check mark there. Only you and God know. But it'll do your heart good to make a decision. Box number two, I want to keep on conquering with the morning star. I hope all of us can put a, put a check mark there. 
You put a check mark in box one, put a check mark then in box two. I want to keep on conquering with the morning star. He's the only way out. Final box. I'd like to read the Calvary story every morning, Matthew 27, 24 to 54. I'd like to just go there. The, the, the robe dipped in blood, the morning star, I want to meet him there. I'm going to put a fourth box on there, and the fourth box is the bottom line. Here's what I'm going to invite you to do. We get hundreds of these prayer requests. You can turn it in anonymously. You can turn it in with your name. It doesn't matter. If you need help with specific victory and overcoming of the dark night and his hold on your life, you can put it down there. Would you please pray for me? Pray for me that I might find the victory of the morning star. Just put it down. Pray for me. That's all you have to do. Pray for me. We have a team of prayer warriors. They will pray for you. If you put your email address on there, they'll send you a note saying, we're praying for you. Pray for me. Our ushers are now going to receive these cards of commitment, these connect cards. They'll receive our morning tithes and offerings, and while they're receiving it, we're going to sing this glorious carol, O Holy Night. But, but I want to pray with you now. I want to pray with you now before the ushers come our way. Oh, God, you are the Lord of heaven and earth. We sang our hearts out to you a moment ago. We exalt you. We believe that you are able to provide all the power that we will need regarding any command you give us. And so, Holy Father, we've put a few check marks on these little cards. It's in the heart. What we're asking is that the morning star with his resplendent glory until he comes, might shine night and day down upon us. We want Jesus every step of the way. Holy night, holy day. We want it in the morning star, please. And dear God, for those who are choosing to step out of the bed with the dark night, the howl of the reaction when they do, oh, dear God, may the Christ with the blood-dipped robe, in that instant, reveal himself to her, reveal himself to him, save him, free to the very end. Take our morning tithes and offerings. The little we have, we return, we give to you. Bless it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>